After a bit of an unplanned break, Discologist is back, and we're hitting you with great new music from the supremely chill Bastion Keb, Bruce Hornsby like you've never heard him before, and a fantastic new album from international anthem artist Daniel Villarreal. So grab a beverage, settle in, and let's get on with the show. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know what they're cheering for? Woo. You know what they're cheering for? Fucking COVID. Is it, is it your 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 recover? Is it your recovery? No, just COVID. Yeah. Just COVID. <laughs> that's 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 COVID. That's COVID's fans welcoming yes. it into the building. Yes, that's just fucking COVID. Take the stage. COVID. This is going to be a fun one because uh, this <laughs> this entire show probably is going to take a rapid turn to the dumb <laughs> since we both are kind of like, have COVID brain. So, for example, we're a little diminished. If you say the word "hot dog fingers," I'm gonna laugh for 30 minutes. <laughs> Fair. In case anybody knows what that's about. Um, no, oh. uh, you know the last. I believe it was the last episode. It was asking you about COVID, and then um, wouldn't you know it? My my my! It uh, the tables have turned. Yeah, the tables have turned, <laughs> and I can concur. It it fucking sucks. Um, it solidified a yeah. few opinions for me. If you're a, a touring artist and you can't afford to miss at least two weeks worth of shows, you should not be touring. Like th- this is not this is not fucking yeah. around with. Also, don't play venues that don't have that don't require masks. <laughs> like like all these things. It's just like, yeah. um, I, I mean, look, I I'm fine now. I'm fine now. I'm on, I'm like ten days out. I'm uh, I'm good. You're good. You're like multiple weeks out. Uh, Paxlovid works. Yeah, uh, it tastes like butt. It does. <laughs> it tastes like ass. <laughs> um, and it's, yeah, I can answer any question anybody has about the Blade trilogy. So th- there are, you know, there are benefits. I may, I may have some questions about. Okay, that. maybe we'll, maybe we'll make an entire another show about that. I mean, I mean, there are benefits to um, not to not to like again like sidetrack the music here, but like. One thought I had with this is we we refer to this whole uh, the pandemic and and the shutdown and stuff as the great pause. Some people take issue with that or whatever, but people were. And w- when you actually have it, more so than I think uh, a normal sickness, and like you've mentioned, like recovering in uh, ICU, um, like I was forced to pause, and, and I've rethought in a week. I've rethought a lot of things about how I want to go forward um you know and turn 50 for example well it well it's an isolating it's definitely an yeah. isolating experience um and i think there's um i was just talking to someone else who who is um starting her reentry from from covid and it's a really kind of um it's a tender thing you know like you're sort of around people and and you're like you're not in you, like you think you're safe to be around people, but you see a little bit of concern in their eyes as they're sort of like yeah. eyeing you up, engaging whether it's okay to be around mm-hmm. you, right? Um, and um, it's a difficult, it's like socially difficult to navigate. It's just personally, like emotionally, really hard to be alone and to feel like contagious and infected for several days, and then to have to be like to put those feelings away and just go back out into the world. Yeah, and and uh, and I mean this. Like very sincerely, like to all the people out there listening who may not like have any feelings about it, if they got it, you know, or whatever, like go fuck yourselves, <laughs> because like the, I mean, I mean, it really is. It's like so. Luckily, Daria didn't get it. Um, it's because I lived in our basement for a week, yeah, uh, which was not not great. Yeah. Like, meant, I mean, look, I had yeah. I had <laughs> I had a stack of records, I had books, I had uh, whatever like unlimited cable package we have had an xbox you know so so look this is not like suffering the blade trilogy yeah the blade trilogy this is not suffering but at the same time it's not um it's not normal um and it should impact you like that that i think more than anything else i've been sicker than this i mean that's that's just a fact Uh, i was sicker than this in the pandemic without covid like with something else uh but it's it's it is that that idea that like if things, if I hadn't done things right, if you hadn't done things right, lead, like getting a vax, getting a booster, 
uh, et cetera, uh, this very easily could kill you. So just yeah. so fucking like yeah. if you're and I'm speaking mainly to our musician friends, like I know, I know this is fucking hard. Take it more seriously. Because I would rather I would rather like donate to a GoFundMe because you can't tour than find out you died. Yeah. So, well, I mean, I mean, you know, salute to the to the venues that I was at Comet Ping Pong last night and masking there was excellent. Yeah. Masking there was really Is good. Is it required? Um it's required at Songbird. Um I I it 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 is, but you always have that nebulous sort of like I'm holding the the I'm holding a beer sure, guy, sure, sure, sure. Um, and right, and so uh, there was some of that, but but last night's crowd was was fairly um, fairly focused on keeping their masks on. It was really, um, especially when they were in the back room, and that back room there's not a lot of air moving <laughs> around, so. Yeah, it makes a big difference. I mean, I think I, I I know that for myself going forward, like just every indoor show, I will be masked and outdoor shows will be a different, you know, that'll be a function of like the crowdedness yeah. and kind of the environment. Mm-hmm. But um, but I feel like there's no reason not to wear a mask when you're at an indoor show, especially if you're not eating or drinking. And frankly, wearing a mask makes drinking kind of a pain in the ass and we could all drink less. So yeah, there you yeah. go. I it's, found, it's I, healthy you know, for you I, too. I tried to, uh, I tried to actually, this is the other thing they don't tell you. I mean, it, it, it just kind of cleans out your system. Um, so I tested last night uh, a theory. I had a CBD soda, so weed. <laughs> great. Mm-hmm. That felt great. And then I had a glass of wine. That felt terrible. Okay. So this could be like a Ooh, new yeah. like new reality, like where it's just like, well, my body just says no. <laughs> and 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 that's what I that's what I mean by this is what this is gonna do to you. Like it's it's not like yeah a cold or a flu where you're just like, Hey, I'm, I'm better now. It's like, uh, some shit's changed. So, (laughs) so well said. So, and we'll be finding out how much it, well, I'm glad. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm glad your case was mild. Yeah, me too. Um, and, and, and that's the thing, like even with these mild cases, quote unquote, clinically mild, right? Like they can still be a major disruptor. Um, and they still feel pretty shitty. Last thing before we get to the music. Um, I saw a tweet from ocean eater who we reviewed, uh, that talked about that album. Um, and I missed that show because yeah. of COVID. Um, but I would have missed it. It was right, a Turner right. hall, but perhaps theater group, no masks. Uh, but, uh, yeah. was at a venue that took, a percentage and a not insignificant percentage of merch sales. Uh, if you do that, you, like give back the fucking money you got from the government. Like right. the whole save our stages right. thing was kind of bullshit anyways. Um, because it, most of the money flowed to the people who were just under live nation. But, mm-hmm. you know, so, so it was a net good, I think, but if you're one of those venues, and I don't know if IMP actually is is one of the ones that takes stuff. I believe they are. I believe they do get a cut on the mark, but I, I'll have to clarify that or verify that. But like, if you're one of those people, uh, again, you're, you're kind of a piece of shit. Like, like, yeah. like you don't you don't Facts. you don't get that. And and the snarky comment is like, well, then you know she should take a cut of the bar, and that's absolutely right. That's not snarky. Yeah. Absolutely. You want some of the merch? Absolutely. Like she gets yeah. a cut of the bar. Make it make it a, a socialist. That which thing, is you know, where everybody gets the same pool. Yeah. There's a great um for, for people who know the James McMurtry Live and Not Three record, he has a great little interjection there about how he thought he was a musician, but came to find out mid career that he was actually a beer salesman. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which is which is which is which is a hundred percent true. Yeah. Yeah. And so so that's been the state of the world, I think. Uh, why don't you start us off with some music? All right. Well, we are, um, you know, uh, we always talk about how kind of how we sort of play with the theme and kind of the main the main feature of an episode. And and I've been looking for an excuse to um, bring forward some some music by um, Bastian Keb, who is uh, a, a British um, DJ producer type guy his uh his real name is sebastian jones he has a couple of records that i've really enjoyed in sort of a low-key kind of jazzy neo-soul way dinking in the shadows of zizu and then 22 to 85 uh last year he came out with um not last year a couple years ago the killing of eugene peeps which was sort of a, a weird um uh 
Friends of Eddie Coyle type uh, soundtrack for a movie that didn't exist and uh, a project near and dear to to Kevin's heart. Yeah, I like that. Um, and he's been working on this Grand Dame project with Claudia Kane. And um, I don't know where that's going because they don't I don't know how they use social media. It's really weird to know what's happening there. But there is a Bastion Keb record coming out called Organ Recital. And this is the lead single off of it uh, called Pasadena. What do we got, Kevin? Well, it's this interesting mix of it definitely is uh, has has spied on the significant portion of my brain that just loves that type of eighties, not quite soul. Um, I, I uh-huh, think it uh-huh. threw in some uh, Bonnie Verisms just so I couldn't fully enjoy it um, due to my my troubled relationship with the music of Bonnie Ver. But, uh, but uh, you know, Justin Vernon isn't responsible for that sound. So, uh, yeah, that, that's, that's a yeah. straight jam. Yeah. I, <laughs> something about that palm-muted guitar never, ever gets old. And it, it's, it doesn't matter what you do it in. It just says sexy. But not it's sexy in quotes. It sexy in quotes. Yeah, <laughs> right? yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's just <laughs> like, I want to know, go back to the 80s. Like, who decided that? You got that, like, sort of. Slippery bass going, and then that little palm mute thing that says, Yeah, <laughs> like it's time, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, well said. I want to know more about those guys. I, I was just like, While we we're listening to that, I was looking through my emails, I don't have anything on this person. It's the first time I even heard of them. Um, and it's surprising to me that I don't like seek out more music like this. Uh, that is actually the sort of eighties tinged, but also I suck at the internet, so it makes sense that I, that I wouldn't have found it. Yeah. But wait, I mean, how did you He's, come by this? This? Is, this is an example. Well, yeah. So um, I, I I forget who um, someone sent me a, a Bastion Cab track some number of years ago off of that twenty two two eighty five record, and it has a similar kind of vibe, sort of these like falsetto y kind of vocals and this really warm soft analog sounding production um and uh and i was just immediately sort of sort of hooked and just thought oh i need to understand like this is this is an example of like an artist in a world that i don't have a lot of exposure to because i'm not in electronic music circles a lot um but this kind of work comes out of there and it's i don't know if this is like um italo disco influence which we're going to talk a little bit about i think when we get to the the feature here but 
there is there is something to be said for the music in this in this space and trying to like understand it and be close to it because it 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 wouldn't naturally find its way to me and I've been you know this guy led me to like old burger beats um who's Ole Birger like this Norwegian guy um who does very similar things and this is not that far off from like Odyssey yeah yeah it's 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 just it's wild how this stuff like never gets old like it, it yeah, like well said. you can it, it, it's it's that sort of dichotomy of you can definitely root it in time when it was like very popular it hasn't really changed from then and doesn't need to so yeah. is is yeah. this like one of the the strands of dna that's just like this is what makes this is one of the truths of music i think it's a pure i think everywhere you find it it's like pure and unrefined yeah like how how would you even do yeah. it differently like if you did, it would reject it, right? If you tried to do this and be like, it, like yeah. it almost rejects it with the Bonnie Verisms, but that, that's not enough. So yeah, I, I'm not gonna say what yeah. that implicates. It doesn't. But, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> well, it stops. It stops short. It also stops short of like the the sort of like post random access memories gloss yes. that can sometimes be really nice, right? And with the group, like, you know, like Parcels is a good example. Like, they sound exactly like a post-Random Access Memories disco band should sound. It can be really nice, and sometimes it can feel a little, you know, a little too cooked up, a little too manufactured. And this, I think because it stops short of that, feels a little bit kind of rougher and more, more interesting and maybe less polished to me or something, even though it is very smooth. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely going to dig into this. And like I said, this would be... The artist on the uh, the the '80s soundtrack that you don't you never heard of them and they just got a deal, but they've been working hard in the in the background in the LA studios, right? And they're just like, "Hey, man, you want to yeah. do your own shit?" And they're like, "Yeah, I do." Like, all right, you're getting on like and Night of the Comet get... three. Is that is that good? <laughs> is that fine? Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, this is this is this is a little like I haven't seen Top Gun Maverick, but now I feel like maybe I have a little bit. <laughs> now that I've heard that song. Yeah. Yep. Uh, if only that song were entitled Jet Plane. Um, <laughs> um, wow. Thanks for, thanks for like dropping that. That's fucking making my morning. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, speaking of kind of like, uh, sort of true sequences of the DNA, I'm going to dip back, uh, to an artist who's been around since I was a kid, uh, talking about Bruce Hornsby. Now he has, he has a new album out called Flicted. Uh, it is the third album in this like trio of uh, supposed comeback albums. The first one was. Uh, in 2019, Absolute Zero, uh, 2020, Non-Secure Connection. This is the third one. All of them, interestingly enough, are based on work that he was doing. Uh, he has an ongoing collaboration with Spike Lee for not just his films, but like his short films and stuff he does for the NBA, uh, because both are like huge basketball fans. Oh, they, and they are. And yeah. so, a lot of this stuff was work that was finished sometimes or just started. Uh, and just didn't fit, and I and I, uh, and I hesitate to call that outtakes, because it's not like these are like these are B sides. Um, these are these are definitely like Bruce Hornsby working at the top of his uh, weird ass potential here. Uh, and and look, he does remain a weird dude. For people who don't understand that, but people who know him from either uh, a lot of our listeners will know him. Well, everybody will know him from the way it is. A lot of our listeners know him from The Dead, like when he played with The Dead. Um, mm-hmm. He's he, that's that's all good and fine, but if you go through his albums as they progress from the first one, consistently got sprinkled with weirder and weirder shit because he's interested in all kinds of music and new shit. He's not afraid to like try new forms of music, new synthesizers, uh, even new like idioms uh, in his music. Uh, because he's out there to tell a story uh, to the point that like you hear a lot of artists uh, say who are in their like mid to late thirties, say they grew up with Hornsby, which is a little weird for me because he stopped making music that people, uh, and I think intentionally would actually just put on and be like, yes, uh, before the 21st century, like easily mid nineties. Those, those records yeah. are fucking fantastic, yeah. but they didn't, make sense like as somebody who like wore out the way it is on tape they didn't make sense then and only now when you look back and be like oh this dude is actually kind of an avant-garde artist uh do they make sense and i know these people 
Uh, we're talking about, again, Justin Vernon, Ezra Koenig. Blake Mills is on this one. Danielle Haim hmm. is on this. Like, Heim, yeah. yeah, and like yeah. that, it, it almost feels like, I, I, what, what kind of irony would that be? Like, you like uh, End of Innocence, for example, the Don Henley song. You like that sound, that piano sound. But this is none of this, and you agree to play on these albums that are like none of this. Uh, at the end of the day, though, I don't really care because it Bruce is still out there making uh, great, slightly dangerous music, and he fails a lot. Um, but the failures even are, are very interesting. The song I'm going to play is one of th- – there's two songs on here that are very uh, – like – dissociative and broken down they just don't they're not they're barely songs this is one of them um but pay attention to the instrumentation on this this is bucket list uh, off afflicted You weren't expecting that at um, all. I I was not. I was not. Um, that makes me the context for that recording. Uh, uh, what I picture is sort of like um, the uh, the teacher who runs um, like uh, the music, you know, band and orchestra and uh, the choral at a high school invites them all to an unplanned rehearsal and spikes the punch with really powerful LSD yep. <laughs> and gives them a beat. And, yep. <laughs> uh, and that's kind of what you have this like uh, sort of like inebriated string section. And then sometimes there's like, I heard some brass popping in there. The um, And then, and the, the, the melodic turn that you get with the chorus is just really unexpected too. It's really, it's really fascinating. It, it's like, you know, Bruce Hornsby is like, he's like, he's like, uh, he's sort of like, Donald Fagan, but if yes. you invite him to dinner at your house, he doesn't ruin the meal and insult everyone there. <laughs> which is what Donald, which is what Donald, Donald yeah, Fagan, that's, that's would, what do. Donald Fagan like, would do. Like, Bruce Hornsby is, 
Yeah. Yeah. He's still like an old weirdo who's there. And like once he's activated, he just like out comes this like torrent of weird stuff. But he's not like rude and shitting all over your dinner the way Donald Fagan would be. Yeah. Hornsby's the guy who would sit there and like talk about it. Like it. What if we're in a simulation for like seven hours? Right. <laughs> yes. Right? Yes. Well like, said. And uh, yeah, what's fascinating to me about that is that there are the uh, the more recognizable as Bruce Hornsby songs on this. That and then a few of the other songs remind me of he was on one dead recording, and that was Infrared Roses, and that was all mm-hmm. um, that was all like basically drums in space. And they edited together a bunch of this stuff, and I think it is available on streaming finally. So if you haven't checked that out, you should check it out. Yeah. But Silver Apples of the Moon, and that was after years of listening to Bruce Hornsby. That was the first time I got the even inkling of like, oh, this guy's fucking weird. This is fuck. This is this is great. <laughs> yeah. Like he's ready to just go yeah. out there. Um, the he he works with Y Music, a, a collective out of New York. Uh, a lot on on the on all of these albums, um, the willingness of, of him to just do something like that, and and match the yeah. You know, there's a, the, he also a lot of his songs or most of his songs employ he is he's literally just telling a story, so it's a narrate. It, it, he's narrating from the yeah. uh, view of this protagonist. And they're never great people. They're never necessarily bad people. So, like earlier in the work, when he addresses themes yeah. of like Southern racism and stuff, they're always bad people. But which is a lot of his early work, a lot of it. But now, mm-hmm. on all three albums, his sort of lens has been aimed at the internet age and what this does to us, and MAGA and like Trumpers and and all that stuff. This whole song is just basically like this guy saying, uh, and this is the line that does it, time is too short to go to great lengths. You know? Yeah. It's sizable hole in my yeah. bucket list, but time is too short to go to great lengths. That's funny, man. That is <laughs> Yeah, it is. It is. And that's um that's that's like um there's there's a Paul Simon esque quality to that yes. too a little bit of sort of like late career Paul Simon where where it is sort of like dour and wry and funny and it's sort of like also not for everyone. Some people will listen to that and just not like it at all or they'll find it didactical or something like that. But if you're if you're in if you're in the right segment uh for that to hit you, it really, really does hit. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it really does hit me. I, I mean, I'm a, I'm a lifelong fan of his work. Um, I suggest to everybody that they should always listen to him more. There's a great box set that came out in the 2000s called Intersections uh, that is available on streaming. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it is him solo piano. Uh, those are fantastic. He did a lot of work with like Ricky Skaggs for a while. Um, you know, got into the bluegrass. Oh, thing. that's right. Yeah, he's from he's from Williamsburg, that's Virginia. Right. I Man, forgot he's, about he's that. invested in all this stuff. Yeah. Um, but I really think you should, because um, I've talked to people who are like, oh, does it have that like 80s production? It doesn't bother me because I grew up then, but I, I get it. Um, but starting with the way it is, the album, not the song, and going through, once you get past uh, Night on the Town is when he starts getting weird. That's also when he was... He moved into this phase where he was a pop star, and then he was like, the Grammys loved him, but everybody else was like, ooh, what are you doing? Because mm-hmm. it was a little more dense. And um, and then after that, like the 2000s, he just took off. There are all these albums out there where he's just like, he's playing jazz. I think there's one with Herbie Hancock. Um, there, he's just, he, he's a master at this, and I think one of our greatest like living assets as far as musicians go. So glad he's got a new yeah. album out. Also, I'll say this. That was awesome. That was really fun. You, I believe you have mm-hmm. it. I have a tape. Uh, I believe my buddy Craig Davis taped it back in the day from early 2000s. Him doing a show uh, with Steve Kimmock on guitar at the Charlottesville Pavilion, which is a great little venue uh, off the, the mall in Charlottesville. If, and I mean, everybody knows what Charlottesville is now, but... Before that, there's uh, yeah. a great little venue uh, off of that. And uh, if you want a copy, just email me at Kevin at com, and I will send it to you. It's fantastic. It's it's yeah. really, you get, 
because that period of songs, there's uh, White Wheeled Limousine, he covers that. Uh, there, there's just all this. Uh, he, dude knows his history, knows his music, and it comes together in this like really great band. So, very cool. Yeah. Thank you for the thank you for the reminder that I I've, I've, I've been meaning to check this album out. So now yeah, that'll oh it's good that'll put me you know, yeah come back next show like we'll see what your reaction to the whole album is and be like <laughs> I I predict you're gonna be like you know what it's better when all these big guest stars don't sit in that's my take okay yeah okay all right we're gonna take a quick break and when we come back we're gonna talk about a fantastic new album from International Anthem because we're not on their payroll. But we should be. (laughs) So we'll talk to you in a few minutes. That was in on off of Daniel Villarreal's uh, new uh, Panama 77, Panama 77 record on International Anthem, which is just a flipping delight to listen to. And I'm so happy that we get to talk about it today. Yeah. And it, it was a late call. That's a, That's an original... Yeah, no, it was. It was. Um, we've both been enjoying this record so much. And I've been sort of um kind of luckily really ignorant of some of the external circumstances around this and just enjoying the sound and even you know even to the point where this morning I'm sort of becoming familiar with the fact that these are these are all um I think with one or two exceptions original compositions that Jeff Parker is all over this because of course he is yeah. and and just what a great what a great sounding record what a lovely combination of moods and it's just it's like the ultimate you can put this thing on and just go do whatever you're going to do and it'll make it better yeah, it, it's it's sort of marketed as psychedelic, and for once I agree. Um, you know, Daniel is a is a drummer. It's not somebody you think normally as someone as driving an album as a drummer. Uh, and yeah. and to be honest, like this is not an album of drum solos. This is an album about collaboration. Um, this is an album about being in the moment. You know, this was came from like one recording session at a place called Chickley Outpost in Los Angeles. And it has in common with uh, a lot of international anthem releases is that they tend to be kind of live releases with a little like backend editing on, on the, on the backend. Uh, and personally, I, I think this kind of, not to go galaxy brain immediately, but this kind of points to like a new era of jazz that I might like better. 
it it's you know i was it's it's funny you said that because i was thinking about how um this record has that cinematic quality a little bit um and it sort of made me think of like how uh the soundtrack to drive for example um had a similar um who was that was that robert martinez cliff martinez i forget who the the composer was but it, it has a very kind of like um relaxed um groove oriented approach to sound and texture um and it sort of left me thinking like you know in the in the sort of in the in the golden era of like post bop in the 50s 60s you know folks were sort of taking what was then the overriding musical soundtrack of big bands and turning that into something smaller and more intimate mm-hmm. and here what what i think this idiom is doing is taking um, things that we associate with kind of moods or vibes in a cinematic setting and transposing them into something that is a little bit more sort of poppy and loungy. Yeah. But really, but I, don't, times, I don't mean that to sound like, yeah. like I'm downgrading it at all. Like, like I'm, I mean that with like the highest praise. Like this is a lush, beautiful record um, that has this this kind of warmth you don't really expect. It's not brainy. Like it's 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 interesting, but it's not like, conceptual or off-putting in a you know Esperanza Spalding kind of way not to you know again not no no criticism intended it's just like that music is very complicated and this feels very comfortable and easy to groove on to that point I mentioned COVID brain at the top is that why we like it (laughs) it's not brainy (laughs) no I think that's a positive I think people get turned off on jazz when it is like feels too brainy or even if it's described as too brainy I personally don't think music can be too brainy Um, but uh, right. But, you know, if it's described as that, uh, this is, you know, uh, talking about how they create that vibe, you know, it's a live performance. And I think that's what, like, gives it that 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 heartbeat. That's something, like, but Kyle McRaven certainly wasn't the first to do this, but he sort of kicked things off for this with uh, International Anthem by recording these live sets and then going back through and sort of textualizing the special editions, if you will, of of music. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Alvester De Plume, to some extent, did that. And I don't know, especially with De Plume, where the difference is. Because look, all recording is technically live. You know, you're 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 playing right, it. Like right. I mean, unless you're me. I, well, no, I'm, it's even live. It's like I'm still I'm still doing it. Yeah. Um, I'm just there's nobody around right. except the cats. Uh, the you know, I don't know where the line is, and maybe there just isn't anymore. Maybe this, th- I really think this type of stuff and this type of project is an evolution of of jazz, of of recorded albums, and, and can really influence how we see recorded music going forward. There's always a place for um, Chinese democracy, which, no. <laughs> um, no, wow. you, you hear about, like... <laughs> The 70s was big for like bloated albums, like masterpieces, Peter Gabriel's music, you know, masterful studio work. A lot mm-hmm. of that, though, was necessity. Um, they had all this new gear. It's fascinating. Why don't we use it all? Why don't we see yeah. what we can yeah. we can do with that? Um, this is kind of just a very laid back version of that. Like, yeah, we do have this. We don't have to blow it out. You know, there were there were a couple of records that this reminded me of, and even though they're not perhaps like closely related sonically, I think in terms of of the mood and the vibe, they are kind of reminiscent. One was uh, "Dose" by the Latin Playboys, yep. which was a Los Lobos side project, actually, and and sort of tried to take um, kind of you know rustic and traditional Chicano music and add an element of synthesizers and electronica to it and make it a little bit psychedelic. Um, and it has this beautiful, like, languorous, sumptuous kind of vibe. The other, from around the same time, was a, was a side project of um, maybe Luscious Jackson called Dusty Grooves, or D- Dusty Trails, Dusty yes, Trails. That was also, yes. like, an explicitly Muzak record. Um, and uh, this, this, to me, kind of goes in that same conversation where uh, it's, it's, it's really, um, it's, it's really pretty just from a you know there's there you're not going to hear like off notes or sort of like challenging you know atonal moments on this but um but it but it's 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 
put together so lovingly. And I think that's the sort of international anthem piece that you and I are just suckers for is like knowing how many different people probably touched this and helped make this a reality and helped make these songs better. Um, and then when you get into the individual tracks, I mean, there's just this lovely interplay between the sort of guitar, mm -hmm. uh, the guitar centric tracks and then the synth centric tracks. And it's all, it all just mixes into this delightful, um, I don't know, crate digger. It, it, it feels like a sort of a record for crate diggers who were just looking for like interesting sounds and grooves that you might have to flip through a lot of Italian soundtracks to find or something like that. Yeah. This, uh, you know, he's, he is also the drummer for Dos Santos, which is another album out on the international anthem. And just to prove it, like, look, I yeah. didn't love that album. I don't own that album. I've listened to it, but I, I, I knew that about this release. So I wasn't necessarily like hyped about it because Dos Santos just wasn't my thing. Uh, and then to hear the results of that, now I'm going to go back to the Dos Santos and be like, oh, maybe, maybe I just missed it. Uh, about this, for me, this has a lot in common with a, an album. I believe it was uh, when was this? Two thousand three. Mambo Sinuendo, uh, Ry Cooter and uh, Manuel oh, yeah. uh, Gabon. And y you yeah. know, it's this type of like you said, it's this type of Chicano music that was Cubano uh, mainly, and um, that just you would hear. It feels like something you would hear just on the street. Yeah. Um, it, and and this concert wouldn't be an event. This this would just be like, hey, the local band is setting up, and uh, it's Friday, so you know, come over, bring whatever you know, your drinks, your food, and we're gonna sit in the alley, and and this band is gonna play, and the doors are gonna be open on this thing. And um, again, I having a purpose for music aside from self enrichment, uh, for me is what going forward music should all be about uh this uh i mean i hope he sells like millions of copies of this uh, because people should be really into it but at the same time that's absolutely not why he made it yeah yeah it it does have you know that 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 sort of street performer thing really you know the you know the way the way this opens with the opener uh bea vista i think is uh just it has exactly that feeling of just like you sort of it sounds like you're hearing the band setting up a little bit sort of testing out you know the uh the drum kit and there's some claps mm -hmm. and a couple of you know bells uh and um it really just it really makes you feel like this is this is a gathering or this is an event but it's also a, a fairly normal like quotidian one it's not it's not like a special yeah. event that you get dressed up for it's it's your neighborhood act yeah that's how the uh, damon locks albums start out too I mean, it's all like mm. all these international yeah, yeah. anthem things have that in common. Yeah. They're, they're just like they've built like a solid community of music. I want to play another song right now. This is uh, Parquet and Cis, uh, and this highlights the more organ. You know, you heard some uh, guitar there, Jeff Parker, which we'll, when we come back, we'll talk a little bit about the resurgence of Jeff Parker uh, as of late. But uh, this is like <clears throat> if you're going to make funk, uh, you're probably not going to be good at it if you're like some 20 year old kid, 20 year old white kid, especially, you know, you know what I mean? Like, there's just a yeah. fine line yeah. where, yeah. where it can be like important uh, music or just good band music that feels instantly like part of your, like it's been there forever. This is, this is the latter. Uh, so this is a uh, parquet and Cis.
there's a lot of talk about um, William Onyebor. I believe that's how you pronounce mm-hmm. his name, uh, and his influence I on this. So, yeah. It's it's undeniable, but like that's a name. Like I, I I don't think I've ever like listened to his stuff too much. I know it's I know it's super popular. It's the it's the hipster thing to do. But uh, if you know me at all, you know that that means I probably won't <laughs> do it. Um, to me, though, it sounds like people just having fun. Yeah. Um, it, it, it is, uh, you know, I think, I think that, that sort of strain that you're picking up on is the, um, you know, on Yebor and, and, and others were helped along by a label named Soundway mm-hmm. who kept putting out these great, like, you know, 1970s Nigerian disco, uh, things and, uh, Ebo Taylor and other things like that. And one of, you know, one, one set, uh, one artist that shows up a lot within that kind of segment um, is a Brazilian synth group named Azimuth, Azimuth in, mm-hmm. in Portuguese. And um, everything they do sounds a little bit, it's a little bit smoother than that, but it's very like, it's understated. You know, at any given point, every musician could be doing more. They could be playing notes and triplets. They could be riffing. They could be doing all these things and they yeah. keep choosing not to. And instead they just give you a very understated, smooth, mellow thing. And that, you know, when that, the melody um, on the uh, on the on the organ there from I think that's Kyle Davis on the roads. Mm-hmm. Um, it like evokes like Blue Train a little bit by Coltrane. Like it has all these like melodic uh, antecedents, um, and uh, and yet it's it's not looking backward. It feels it's like both retro and futuristic at the same time, kind of right. Yeah, for sure. For, and, and like you said, you mentioned cinematic a lot. Like this could be, you know, if people want to get like ironic about it, this would be like in some film in an action sequence or something. Um, which yeah, uh, go, yeah. which go get that money, Easily. dude. Go get that money. <laughs> um, well, well, who is you know one of one of the things about about a record like this, and I think you and I struggle, have this have this question a lot, is sort of like how how does this get out to more people and who is it who is it for you know what's and and and, mm-hmm. and what's the path for this um because it it's it's certainly going to be underheard and that's and that's a shame like i'm going to be recommending it to everyone i know yeah but but i don't quite know how to i don't think i don't think that's scalable uh and i think and i think this record deserves more than that so so what's like what's the answer for that i don't know because this is something that, like i think about a lot in in how or, or more specifically why people uh, consume the type of music that they consume. Um, one reason is is yeah. uh, a, a very deep nostalgia. To some point, you know, and what they like it it can it confuses me when people get stuck in that. <laughs> you know, so like if you're still yeah. if you're yeah. it's 2022 and if you're your age, and the best thing in music for you is that it sounds like something from the nineties. Like I would be worried about you. Yeah. You know, yeah. which is not, to, it's not disparaging any music from the nineties, but it's like, it's 2022 and it's time to like move on. And you know, this certainly like does look back. Um, but all these things can like sort of coexist and you don't, you don't need them to be the dominant. You don't need it to be a monoculture of it. So I think how it gets out to people yeah. Is is you stop reading things like Pitchfork and, and Stereo Gum, um, and uh, and just accept that it's okay to just just like what you like. And so, if you or I drop this in yeah. front of somebody, like, and, it, and if we do that, and then they're like, "I don't like this," then I'm like, cool. At least you gave it a shot, man. Yeah. At least you gave it a shot. I also think that because this has so much in common. Um, with you know even like South African stuff, you mentioned Nigerian stuff, and that that's that's hype amongst record collectors. Why I don't know. It is, yeah. I like it. I have a bunch of records like in that vein. Can it at, at Acme Records loves that stuff? Like you know, but I I couldn't because I'm not the type of person who goes and finds out everything about every player on an album. Like, you couldn't possibly with that stuff. If you if you're like if you're like listening right. to like a hundred right. records a year of that stuff, you can't possibly figure out like all the like cultural stuff. Um, and to be clear, some people that's their job. That's a lot of what Marcus Moore does. 
Um, and that's that's mm-hmm. a, a huge mm-hmm. interest in stuff. But like even him, like there, it's not like he was turning out like hundreds of reviews a year on that. Like he he'd find the stuff and try yeah, to like yeah. base it in some important cultural touchstone um, that showed how the music matched up to uh, a meaning that made it important, rather than just like hey hey I heard this this is groovy. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do you know I do have a lot of that um, a lot of that latter reaction mm-hmm. to to parts of this where I just think you know even though I'm not you know I'm I'm Brazilian and not and not uh, Panamanian but you know I I I could sort of picture like my you know sepia toned images of like my parents in 1977 which is the year I was born uh, kind of walking down the street to 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 the songs on this record and in right. fact it makes me want to go put on like a linen button down and find my grandfather's old cap and his chains yeah. and walk down the street and sort of feel a little bit like that. Like it, it, it does, it does have a really appealing aesthetic just on a superficial, um, on a superficial level. But I think, I think, I think for this, for something like that to be successful, you have to, you have to nail the other parts too, right? If you're going to mm-hmm. sort of do a roots, like a nostalgic roots, um, homage that tries to also look forward if you don't nail the roots part of it it feels fake right if you can't if you can't um conjure uh some of those some of those visuals and so um i think that's that's maybe what impresses me the most about these collectives is just how how able they are to like channel this spirit um and uh and really make it sound authentic and give you all that graininess that you expect but but just but just resulting in such a lovely recording. Yeah, I, keep, I feel like I keep saying that, but it's it's true. It just sounds so good. Yeah, it's it's hard to find a reason why we we both really like this. I mean, El Copto, like when I first heard it, yeah. my reaction was, yeah, more more of the same a little bit. And so uh, I put it down. And then what I generally do uh, with a lot of releases is I get the advance, I listen to it. And I figure out, okay, is this going to have a place in my life? And this one wasn't. And then it, for some reason, I just put it back on when it came out. As like, oh wait, some something changed yeah. in 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 my condition. Where I was like, yeah, this is this is what this is what I want right now. Um, is a lot of the appeal that it's tied to international anthem? Absolutely, like absolutely. Um, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm not yeah. one that like really stands record labels like people do, like especially people like punk labels. I just don't do that. I end up buying most of international anthems releases though. So yeah, this album, you know, it it only takes. I had I had a similar reaction where the first few listens, it sort of it didn't, you know, it's not that I didn't that I didn't care for it or didn't engage with it. It just didn't, you know, there wasn't like a connection point, but. On my third or fourth listen, some track, I don't remember if it was if it was what we just heard or maybe it was um, 18th and Morgan, which is another really um, smooth, buttery track. But, you know, one of those just really landed. And the minute it did, it was just like it sort of pried my head open a little bit and was like, all right, we're going to dump the rest of the record in now that now that you get what's going on yeah. here. Um, the rest of it can can fit in and 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 you get these, you know, there's um for as as smooth and comfortable of a listen this is uh it's not it's not one single mood right mm-hmm. i mean the song patria is sort of like this drunken weighty uh and I, I i don't know um i don't know the original composition that that is but i think that's i think that's refer i think that's a cover or that's playing on on some other yeah. uh, piece the other i think uncanny was uncanny the lead single on this is that i'm not sure um uh, yeah we let's let's listen to it a little
that's just referencing so many different kinds of psychedelia like at once yeah, <laughs> it's just yeah. like whoa yeah. like damn all right it, well it's it's layered it's got those moments of you know that sort of like frantic tense um lead part and then suddenly the baseline kind of kicks it open for a moment and you you get kind of new new colors that come in and then and then Achilles Navarro suddenly shows up with just this like crazy layer of of horns that yeah. just really, um, you know, just when you thought the track was already sort of full to the point of bursting, suddenly it turns out there's like one more layer that they can fit into it. Yeah. I love that like um, he, so his background is in like hardcore and punk. Like, yeah. like most people his age. Hardcore and punk. And he really didn't like get into this until... Uh, he moved to the United States um, from Panama and then found this this community that really, uh, you know, there's a there's a huge like Latin community in, in Milwaukee, in Chicago, uh, in the Midwest in general for, for a lot of reasons. But um, he didn't really latch into this until coming here. And then all these people are like willing to go along this ride with him. Um, yeah, yeah, I think we'd be remiss to get out of here, uh, getting out here before we talked about, um, sort of the resurgence of Jeff Parker too. You know, he's all over this record and, uh, look, he didn't go anywhere, but he, right. those two international anthem albums, uh, that he did kind of reframed him as like, but this time he should be an elder. Of the of the scene, right? Like he's been in tortoise yeah, for so long, yeah. he should be an elder of the scene. And instead, he he has become kind of uh, this go to guy who is just simply like these people's peers, and and he seems to be learning as much from them as they learn from him. Um, yeah, I think that's right. I think I think he, um, you know, my 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 understanding of of his sort of trajectory was always that he he kind of saw himself as as more of a um, or thought of himself as more of a jazz musician than a kind of indie, mm -hmm. um, you know, whatever whatever Tortoise was supposed to be, sort of post rock, uh, whatever. Um, and and uh, it's really nice to see him getting a chance to do that, um, and and really. Um, you know the the tortoise tortoise is is um their music is is also layered and it's interesting kind of melodically but it's also built around really simple melodies and patterns and the idea is like you sort of play with like what happens if 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 part of this melody drops out or what happens if we shift this a little bit but it's really more about moving pieces around than it is about yeah you know dazzling individual creativity i know i know they had phases where they improvised a lot for example but 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 primarily what what, what tortoise is is about showcasing interesting compositions and what happens if you just play with them a little bit and and now we get to hear jeff parker doing all this other stuff and i'm not sure if it's just i'm not sure if, it, if it's a resurgence or just a continuation or just a realization of who we're supposed to be all along but yeah. It's you know it's it's really it's really encouraging to think that there are that there are folks out there who 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 may be established and you might think they don't they have the freedom that they want but it turns out that they still need international anthem to really allow them to do uh, and kind of realize their vision yeah or just highlight it like uh, was it Sweet from X Brown came out in 2020 was that I was gonna say yeah, 2020 uh, and he yeah. put out another album called Four Folks. Um, that yes. I didn't get because it's barely an album, but yeah, I saw, I certainly saw the show. That was one of the last show uh, that was in the middle of the pandemic. I think I saw that him and Steve got, um, you know, and it was just highlighting, uh, the show was like way more engaging than the actual like album. Um, but you know, he gets to do stuff like that now. And I think this, this speaks to, uh, Bill Real and anybody on the international anthem thing. They get to do stuff right now because, one thing that is clear is that this is not meant to be a, and I mean this in a good way, a career-defining album. This is meant to say, we're out here, we're making music, we're going to keep making music. Here's where you can pop yeah. in, maybe you pop yeah. in on the next one, you know? Well, and, and you know, it's it sort of, it, it reminds me of some of the, 
some of the best scenes that we've seen in our lives yeah. um, where you have a group, you know, you have a large enough group of talented folks who are trying to impress each other just as much as they are to make something that's interesting to the public. Right. And so part of the challenge is can they keep each other engaged and involved in the work that they're doing? Um, and that's, you know, whether it's, whether it's like the West coast get down or just any number of scenes where you have people really trying to kind of, um, earn and maintain the respect of their of their peers and working colleagues and are also open to ideas about how to make their their projects better right, right. and i think that's that that's the that's the sort of very communal um uh long hair hippie vibe that i think you and i respond to really well sure, sure, but sure. it's partly because it, it it makes such great it makes for such great music yeah yeah it's um it gets back to like what a record can be you know i said this earlier you know um, it doesn't always have to be this like crazy like studio experiment. I just saw the Jay Bennett documentary. Um, Where are you, mm. Jay Bennett? Uh, which is interesting. Uh, I, I I I think I recommend people check it out. But he's talking about him as some like studio genius and using all this stuff. And I, look, that is a valid way to create. Uh, it also is often can end up lifeless and so tied to a certain time. Yeah, you know, like a lot of this was concerning his work on the Yankee Hotel Foxtrot and Summer Teeth. Those albums are not, I mean, they're they're classics, but they're not, you you know when they were made, if you follow. Right. You know, right, like, right, right. That, that would only be made. There was a uh, an album that came out recently by Black Country, uh, New Road, like Ants From Up Here, I think is the name of it, um, that recalled like, okay. people went apeshit over it, but it recalled, uh, early arcade fire like to the point that it was just like oh this is just early arcade fire and so you understand why people really really take to that because uh if there's one thing especially in the midwest people like it's you know their 90s and early 2000s <laughs> that is that is a, a thing here checks out yeah and um and so like in a roundabout way getting back to like to sort of close this out uh, about how do we get people to listen to this um, I, you know, figure out like what it reminds you of maybe is, is the best, best way to put it. What, what time were you listening? Like for me, like the Mamba Sinuendo album for me is, is it, and it's the Ry Cooter album. And it's because Ry Cooter was definitely out of the limelight, you know, uh, it was years past, but it was a social club. And it was just like, you said, my hippie friends were like, check out this. I was like, yeah, this is this yeah, is nice. Yeah. So maybe it's a hippie thing. Uh, maybe you, maybe maybe we're just talking about bong hits. Well, maybe we're talking well, about like I how mean, many bong the, hits you know. You the, um, I I always need more, but um, <laughs> I think uh, I think there's um, I think there is a you know De Desron Douglas, who is part of the international yeah. anthem family, is is playing in in Trey's band. Yep. And um, you're and and that's producing some interesting cross pollination. And to my mind, he's you know to, to my mind, that's a that's a better band with Desron Douglas on on bass, mm -hmm. or at least a more interesting band than I think it used to be with um, Tony with Mark the Ellis. late great Tony Markellis, who just who just wasn't just wasn't particularly to my liking mm -hmm. to maintain a groove for for twenty minutes. I like what Desron does better, um, but I also hope it it greatly benefits Desron, and and I hope I hope he is able to. Uh, to kind of do more and 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 be more and um, and I, I I don't know I don't I guess I wish there were other paths um, that weren't just the sort of you know jam band blessing path and yeah. that there could be some other way for this to really make it into the the mainstream. Yeah, I think. And lastly, I think you know if we come around to just people, we everybody comes around to the fact that like you know what. There's a lot of people who just likes Brian Adams. Everything I do, I do for you, and that's it. <laughs> like that, that that lane is where they exist with music. Um, they'll sort of you can't help but respond to music when you hear it. But that's really where they're they're at, um, uh -huh. and not really worry about convincing them. Be like, you know what? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. It's, Just it's, him, it's totally yeah. fun, you know? That's fair. And then if, but if you have somebody that's curious, then have this whole like uh, folder of shit with this in it uh, as one of the albums. So you just rip out like, yeah. oh, here's the file. 
<laughs> let me let me tell you all these things yeah. that like might be, you know, like it took me forever to really understand Black Midi, and I hear people who like this mm-hmm. who like who can't stand Black Midi because it's too aggressive. For me, they're the same type of band. Yeah. Black Midi lives in my jazz stacks, um, and. and yeah. You know, it's it's there. It's just basically people taking chances and understanding that what music is meant to be is just that expression of 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 yourself and putting that out and sharing that with other people. Uh, it's harder when you don't say it, when you don't say, you know, I like I don't want to close my eyes. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's harder when you when you if you say yeah. that, then it's it's like yeah, okay, I get what they're saying. Yeah. But at the end of the day, especially with like uh, instrumental music, it's better when people have to work harder and, and the people that do, I think, are rewarded by a work that'll last. Well said. I think. I don't know. You could be no, that should that should be that should be the end of the episode. Is it? <laughs> We're still talking now. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know, I know. Okay, so, yeah. Sorry, listeners. Sorry, listeners. Kevin Kevin just left me speechless. So, <laughs> so go out and get this. Uh, and, uh, you know, International Anthem, subscription service, when? Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I would do it. Yeah. I would do it. Yeah, so... Um, I, I I guess I am doing it just by buying you know, 95% <laughs> that's of the releases. But. <laughs> they're like, so we don't have to build the infrastructure. Yeah. We got these... Yeah. Jumps on the yeah. on the chain here. Um, same same reason Songbird won't offer me a monthly pass is because I'm going there <laughs> seven times anyway. <laughs> yeah, I need to get back down to Songbird uh, soon. Yeah. I guess now that I've had COVID, I'm bulletproof. I can just go on a plane ride, no yes, mask, want. no clothes, nothing. Just be like, whatever, come at me. <laughs> they would if I had no clothes. Love on. it, America. Yeah, yeah. All right, um, <laughs> we'll be back in a few weeks. In this, we get monkeypox. In which case, well, I don't know if that would affect it. We just look like shit. Which case, we'll probably, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, uh, stay tuned. Stay we'll tell you what happens. <laughs> All right, later. <laughs>